Good morning and welcome to our time of daily word and prayer. This is Friday morning, April 16th. I'm glad you're along with me. My name is Tom Short. If you are here for the first time, make sure you subscribe, hit the notify button, leave your comments. I always like to know who's with me and who's watching. And I appreciate having you along, as we've said before. So we spend time in God's word day in and day out. It will make a difference in our lives, in our attitudes, in our behaviors. We need to be changed from the inside out and by the Word of God, and the Word of God is powerful. So thank you for being with me today and for being with me every day as we get into God's Word and pray over it. I felt a need to follow up a little bit on yesterday's message, which is such an important verse, and the focus, uh, well, well, the verse, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not judge so you not be judged, for the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. And why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye and do not notice the log that's in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. This is found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 4, and we've been speaking of the commands of Christ. This verse has been so misused. But yesterday, I think I focused on what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that we issue no moral judgments. It doesn't mean that we, we never say anything is wrong. It means that we are, so what, that's not what it means. And it, it's been used so often to cause people to be standoffish and timid to speak out or to speak up against real evil that's going on in our world today. And it's, it's caused us to lose our, our backbone, shall we say, and to be quieted down. And, and, and consequently, as we've said before, all that's necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And so when we are quiet, um, evil tends to grow. When it's not confronted, when it's not spoken against, it tends to grow. And we have a whole generation and more now of people who really are naive about what's right. I share a little experience I had. I was out preaching on campus a week ago, and um, there were these two girls, you know, that were somewhat listening to me. One was more attentive than other, the other, and after I finished, I went to talk to them some, and, uh, you know, I talked to some people who were sitting around listening. And uh, the one seemed not all that interested. She courteous, but not that interested. But the other girl told me she goes to church, and I knew the church. And as a matter of fact, it's a big church in Ohio, and it's uh, got a uh, decent, decently good reputation as a being a real Bible-believing church. It's a kind of a seeker-oriented church. And uh, we talked about receiving Christ. We talked about the importance of being in the Bible. She goes to that church. She grew to that church, went to that church before coming to Ohio State. And um, and this has been Easter, so she'd been back in, at home at Easter, and she took her friend. The two of them together were in that church. We had a nice talk. Talked about her major and what she wanted to do and why and wanted to help people and talked a fair amount about the Bible. I probably talked to her for 20 minutes and uh, thought it was a fairly decent, good conversation. And then, you know, I went to talk to some other people. And, and, and later on, I saw these two girls were kind of cuddling with one another out there on the Oval. And it kind of struck me these two girls are lesbian. 
And it struck me, they think there's nothing wrong with that. Because the church they go to, I'm pretty sure, doesn't make an issue to speak up against a problem like homosexuality. And so here you have at least one of the girls, I think, seem to have been decent, decently motivated to want to be a Christian and, and to follow Christ, and yet seemed, from appearances to me, maybe had never been confronted or challenged with the sinfulness of what she was publicly engaging in right out there on the middle of the campus at Ohio State. So we have to speak up against what's wrong. We can't be silenced because Jesus said, do not judge. But I think what, that, that's, that's what he doesn't mean. What does he mean? I think he does mean that we should be careful about being the professional problem finders. What we want to be is problem solvers. And in so many people are just problem finders. They're fault finders. I grew up like this. This was my family upbringing to just be a fault finder. I remember my some of my biggest uh, memories, my clearest memories of, of growing up were Sundays. We'd go to church. We'd come home and have, have uh, dinner. And the whole conversation, I never once remember talking about what did we learn from the sermon. What was good that day? The t- discussion was always, did he go too long? Did he, did he, uh, w- something negative. It was always negative, always fault-finding. This personally made me scared to become a teacher in the church later, you know, when I first became a leader. I was scared that people were going to go home and just criticize everything I said and find fault with everything I said. And, and uh, we don't want to be fault-finders. A number of years ago, I heard a message by um, Zig Ziglar, and he talked about being a good finder. To be honest, it radically changed my life. It was at a time I was meditating a lot on Philippians 4, verse 8. Whatever's good and true and right and pure and noble and beautiful and wonderful, let your mind dwell on these things, and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. And I decided that I wanted to become a good finder. I wanted to have a positive attitude towards others. I wanted to, I, I tried to train myself for every time I found a fault in somebody, could I find two or three positive things in that person's life? People have faults. They have problems and, and they need to be addressed. But if all we see is the problems in other people, that's going to poison relationships. It ruins relationships. If we can't be people who, who the, the attitude we to- have towards other people is, I see potential. I see goodness. I see I see the image of God. I see Christ in you. Uh, if, if we can't focus on those things, then our fault-finding poisons the relationship. It makes it a negative relationship, and it ends up kind of knocking people down rather than building them or edifying them. So if you want to be a problem solver, and that's what we want to be, can I encourage you? It's not saying we ignore the problems we see in other people. It's not saying we be dishonest and pretend those problems aren't there. But rather, what do we do? Well, Jesus said this. First of all, take the log out of your own eye. If you want to be a problem solver, start by addressing the problems in your own life. You know, we have have all kinds of people in our world today trying to solve the world's problems who haven't solved their own problems. 
I don't mean to be judging them here, okay? But we have all kinds of people who don't follow this basic commandment. Their personal life is a mess. Their family life is a mess. I've told the story before, maybe not here, about a leading psychologist educator I once knew personally whose family life was a total, complete mess, about as bad as anyone I'd ever known. And yet he'd written textbooks that students throughout America were using to, to understand how to raise children, how to get along. You know, he wrote psychology textbooks. And his own life was a total, and his family was just messed up beyond imagination. Take the log out of your own eye. Heal yourself first. Speak from experience that God has changed my life. I've, I've overcome these things, and now I know how I can help you. Don't speak from just, uh, I, I, I have no idea how to do this myself, but consider me an expert because I did research. That's not God's way. Take the log out of your own eye first. Deal with your own problems, and do deal with them. Don't just say it's okay that I'll walk around admitting I've always got a log in my eye. No, deal with your problems first. Secondly, keep that positive perspective. Be a good finder. What good can you see in that person? We're not saying ignore the problem, but can you find anything positive? For every negative that's really bothering you, can you find a positive? See, a, mount, a molehill can grow into a mountain if all we focus on is the negative. This can happen in your family, with your children, with your spouse, with your church, with your job, with our country. It can happen anywhere with anyone. If all you do is focus on the negative, what might be a, a problem gets out of proportion, bigger and bigger and bigger, and it becomes unsolvable so that all we do now is complain. And we get in this downward spiral. Many marriages are like this. They can't see anything positive in their spouse any longer. Many families, they can't see anything good in their kids anymore. They've raised kids and they've, they've so focused on the negative that they don't even like their own kids. All they do is find fault with them. And, and these kids come out damaged because all they do is find fault with their parents. And they come out with these, just filled with this negativity. Keep a positive. Be a good finder. Try and find when you need to solve the problem with somebody else and you see the negative. Maintain perspective. What positive can you see there? Have faith. What, what positive outcome can you see? What do you believe do you believe the best about this person? Or do you, have you become so focused on the negative that you think it's just hopeless? Finally, of course, point to God's Word. We always point to God's Word as the standard to help us in solving any problems. So as we think of Jesus' commandment, do not judge. Do not have this critical, fault-finding, negative spirit about you. The church has more of them than we than we would want to admit. Society is filled with a ton of them. Don't be the person who's just the professional fault finder, the Monday morning quarterback, the one who, you know, you think you're smarter than the coach, they're paying $5 million a year to coach a team, and you think you would know how to coach that team because, you know, you, you're judgmental. You know, in our nation right now, we're focusing once again on, on police shooting and the one in Chicago last night, my goodness, you know, the, the judgments that's coming out against this police officer. And, and uh, 
we don't know everything. And what we do know is a police officer had to make a split-second decision chasing someone down, down a dark alley at 2.30 in the morning who had been shooting a gun and had a gun in his hand. And, and uh, you know, what's going to happen for, in the situation? So many people are so quick to judge because the, the person shot was 13. I don't know what he is doing out with gangsters at 2.30 in the morning. I don't know what his parents were involved. I don't know so many things. It's so easy to judge in our world today because there's so many problems. But let's be careful that we get all the information. Let's be careful we become problem solvers, not just problem finders. And it's so easy. And in our world today, people are setting us against one another. And they're just using tragedies to turn people against one another and to, and to try and promote their agenda. Let's be careful that we in our, maintain the perspective we want to be a problem solver not just a problem finder, okay? So we want to pray about this. I, I, by the way, just right before I was starting today, I got a uh, WhatsApp video from a friend of mine in Germany, and uh, Matteo and his wife and family, little son, they regularly join us in this, uh, in this prayer time. Later in the day, they live in Germany, and they're missionaries there. And uh, 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 Gibson and, and uh, Laura, Laurel, um, Hecking have just joined them, and the, the video was they're going out evangelizing. They evangelize primarily among among Muslim refugees. I'm pretty sure that's probably who they'll be talking to right now over the next several hours. So let's pray for them. They'll watch this video later in the day, and they'll probably be encouraged to know that we prayed for them as well. Okay, here we go. Father in heaven, we confess to you that there's just something within us that is quick to find fault and slow to find the good. We're quick to criticize others. We're quick to uh, see the negative. Lord, a person could do, it, it, it's, they, they could get 99 answers right and we'd look at the one they missed. They could have a report card full of A's and have one C and we focus on the C. Lord, we confess our tendency to find the negative and be a fault finder. Help us, Father. Help us not to have a critical spirit. Help us to not be poisoning relationships by attacking, accusing, being a fault finder. Lord, um, no one would want to be a friend with someone like this. Help us to be people who find the good and who are problem solvers. Help us be people, Lord, that when, when we're with others, we lift them up, we encourage them, we catch them doing something good, we, we have a good word for them. I pray, Father, that in our relationships, we, we would have this positive uh, atmosphere so that when negative things do come up, they don't become overwhelming and we're able to talk about them without a person feeling attacked or put down or or hopeless. Help us with this, Father. Lord, we do, our, 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 our culture, our world, there's so much sin in it and so much brokenness in it. And Father, you have made us your ambassadors. You've made us the light of the world. We believe that you want us to be agents of change. Help us to be 
Help us to know how to win people. Help us to know how to edify people. Help us to know how to take the speck out of our brother's eye. Father, I pray that we would be those who, we don't tolerate logs in our own eye, and we deal with our own situations. I pray that we would be ruthless with our own sin. And I pray, Father, that then we would we become more gracious, loving, people of great faith and of great love and of great courage, and that then we would be people who really can help others. I pray, Father, give us words of wisdom that when we speak healing words, when we speak words of, of salvation, when we speak words of good news, even if we need to speak words of rebuke and, and admonishment, that people would receive what we say with, that their heart would be open to us, they'd be receptive to our message and not shut us out. Help us, Father, to win people. Help us to be these problem solvers. Help us to be people who are good finders. Help us to be people who bring the good news to our world. We pray for this. We pray, Father, specifically in our day for the, 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 in the news so much about police shootings, Lord, and I know there's so much anger in our country. I pray, Lord, bring salvation, bring healing. Lord, we thank you today for our police. We thank you they bring law and order. We thank you that they are ministers of God. That's what you tell us in Romans 13. They are ministers of God. And we know, Lord, that they, they have difficult, a difficult job and difficult situations and difficult uh, decisions that need to make of life and death in a split second. Lord, help us to be slow to judge and, 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 and to have understanding and, and grace towards these people who have such a tough job. Lord, we are, we are grieved as we think of this young boy dying at age 13 out on the street with gangsters with a gun in his hand at 2.30 in the morning. Oh, Father, we grieved at the breakdown in our of families and our culture. We're grieved at at young lives that are that are not not being directed, not being guided, not being helped, and they they fall into evil. Lord, we pray for families in our, our country. We pray for children to be raised in healthy families. We pray, Lord, for moms and dads to be raising their children. We pray, Father, for the 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 depths of despair and anger and hatred and hopelessness in our world today. It's Lord, we need the gospel. Parents need the gospel. Children need the gospel. Criminals need the gospel. Police officers need the gospel. Our, our leaders need the gospel. Our congressman, senator, president, we all, the, the gospel is the hope and can change things. We pray, Father, that the gospel go forth in our country. Help us to be less about politics and more about uh, the kingdom of God, we pray. This is what we need. Might politics not invade our lives but might the kingdom of God invade the lives of everyone in Washington, in Hollywood, Silicon Valley, and Wall Street, Main Street, everywhere in our country and throughout the world. We pray tonight particularly, we pray this morning particularly for our friends uh, Mateo and Gibson as they're evangelizing in uh, Cologne, Germany today, right this moment. Give them grace, give them the right words, give them love, help them break through any communication barriers, I pray, Father, they'd be faithful in taking forth your gospel and they'd be fruitful in winning people to Christ and making disciples in that land. 
We pray for these things. We bless you today. We give you this day. Fill us with your spirit, with hope, with joy, with an attitude of faith and love and boldness and courage in all that we do, we pray. In Jesus' name, we ask it now and give you glory. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, folks, those are our marching orders. Let's be problem solvers, amen? Let's make a positive difference. The world needs a one person at a time, one soul at a time, one family at a time, one community at a time. We pray for revival. Where does it start? It might just start with us as we, as we be the problem solvers. And what's the problem solver? The solution is found in God's Word. It's the gospel that brings people back to Christ, that gives them new life, that gives them hope, gives them salvation. So let's, let's be about the business of God today as best we can. Let's pray for others who are, and um, let's, let's trust God. Amen. So you have a good day, and God bless you. Tomorrow is Saturday, and uh, tomorrow I may have a special treat. I'm, I'm thinking at this point of just reading you a section from my book, Taking to the Turf, 70 really wonderful stories of evangelism. And I'm thinking tomorrow of reading a story from there and uh, edifying you and encouraging you with it. So maybe a little bit different, but we'll see you tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. right here. Help spread the word. If you can't listen on YouTube, make sure you listen on the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, where you can find me, find us there. And again, help spread the word. Tell your friends so we build this, uh, this community. God bless you. You have a great day. Bye-bye.